right, we are back. It's Two TV Sports, the Tosh and Jerry podcast. I got Jerry here by my side as always. And today we're going to break down the NBA Finals as we sit here after Game Five. The Warriors have a three to two lead. It's going back to Boston. Still got two, potentially two more games to play. The series is not over. I'm going to say that right now before I get too overconfident as we talk. The series is not over. And uh, we're also going to break down a little bit of U.S. Open, which is uh, which is in Boston, Gary, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm hoping we force a game seven, two more games to go. Let's hope the series isn't over. Just when you thought we weren't going to pot in the middle of the finals, I, my head would be hanging low. No, absolutely not. We uh, blew game four, so that's on us, and didn't show up for game five. Again, we deserve those losses. We'll get a little bit more into it. And yes, Brookline, Mass, right outside of Boston, is hosting this year's U.S. Open. Oh, my God, the course looks pristine. The rough is horrendous. We're in for some great – well, actually, we're in for some average weekend-looking golf from the pros at this year's U.S. Open. That's that's what we all love about this tournament so much. Yeah, you want to uh, you want to start out with the golf and then get to the – Yeah, let's do it. The NBA. Let's do it. So have you, have you, uh, have you played that course before? What's, I have what's not. What's the deal with no. the course? No. So where where for those of us who are not too familiar with Boston, is it like in Boston? Is it no no? It's like Boston adjacent, so it's pretty close. Like I'm sure most of the people coming from out of state would be staying in the city. I'm sure they'd make a weekend out of it. That's what I would do if I was coming from out of state. But um, mm. yeah, what what type what type of course is it? Like is it like because I haven't seen anything? Is it like tree lined? Is it? What's what's it like? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's your typical like East Coast trees. You got like bunkers and all the places that you wouldn't want them if you're a player, but look gorgeous from from the aerial shots above. Um, and then in typical U.S. fashion, they've just let the grass grow for the past like two weeks. They have not cut anywhere around this. I saw. I mean, we see these a lot around this time of year with the U.S. Open, but I think I think two years ago it was Adam Scott who dropped the ball and it just disappeared and it looks like the exact same conditions. Honestly, would not be shocked if the winner of this tournament is like, doesn't get to minus six on the tournament. Yeah. I mean, they, they love to do that for the U S open. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to, I mean, from what I've seen, I've seen those clips of them, like dropping the ball in the fairway in the middle of the fairway. And it's just like rolls. Like dude, if you're off the, the fairway, rough. fairway accuracy is going to be, crucial this week i know we talk about like scrambling is big at some courses it's like scrambling augusta got have to be able to do it scrambling here is like i don't even think you're going to be in position to be able to scramble if you're off the fairway i think you need to be like yeah green down the middle so so maybe it'll be it'll just be whoever's hitting it straightest um yeah which brings me to i'm on vegas insider right now and i'm looking at the odds and what do you know, Jerry? Rory McIlroy is the is the uh, favorite. Rory, like I feel like every like when is he? What has he done? When is, when has he done? Well, he was competitive with JT last week, and he's been playing actually a lot better this year. I agree with you. He's never what we want from him in like the biggest of tournaments, and he always shows up on Sunday. But he has been playing some of the best golf, and I think that comes from him not being under as much pressure now, like being a dad for a couple of years, like being on the tour for this long, like just going out competing, having fun. Like the expectation is not like win every week. It's like, go be competitive, like have a good time out there. And I think that change in mindset has propelled his play. Yeah. We'll see about him. I'm not, I mean, I know he played well at the PGA, but I'm definitely not sold on McElroy's favorite. 
Justin Thomas is is next up plus uh, twelve hundred. I mean, do you think he has a chance to go back to back? No, no. But I'm only saying that he's been playing great too, just like Rory. But no, because at what was JT's win his third major? I don't think that you go back to back if you like JT at his best as the has the ability to win a tournament like this. However, having just done it in the past month, I don't see him repeating two majors in a row. I don't think JT is that type of guy that can sustain that level of excellence. Yeah, but he is such a good ball striker. Yeah. And, um, but we've seen some wayward not, drives from him, which I think in Brookline anyways, gets, is going to get him into a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, it, and you worry about the putting with him. Like, I feel like if someone gets hot on the greens here, they might make up a lot of strokes. I mean, uh, these greens are lightning quick too. You have to have, uh, like beyond touch here. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to throw out a few names that I like, and then why don't you do the same and then we'll get to the NBA. So I, I kind of like, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Cause like he was so hot. He won that major. He's coming off the master's win. Didn't play great in PGA. And now, now I think it's kind of set up for him to come back and like at least finish, you know, top 10. Uh, John Rom too. I feel like he's hasn't played great in majors this year and he's due. And then I also like Will Zalatoris. I think that he is primed to win one of these majors at some point soon. So I'm going to keep shouting him out until that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I love the Zalatoris take. Um, he's definitely due. He, I see him as a multi major winner in his career and he's been close numerous times and this could be the week where he gets it done. He's, I mean, he's only getting closer. So I, I like that. Scheffler, I like that take a lot about Scheffler. I agree with you. It's his time to, you know, step up again. I mean, I think he he has the talent and the caliber to, like, be one of the top guys going forward. I don't see this being, like, a flash-in-the-pan thing. I think he's going to be one of the names that it should be favored going into tournaments, uh, at least for the next foreseeable future. Um, a guy that I kind of like that we didn't talk about, Patrick Cantlay, who's also been close. He's been solid but just hasn't broken through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on a course like this, that's designed to punish you. Patty ice is the, uh, the guy you want with the stick. So I, I mean, I'll be pulling for him as well. And then, you know, you have your pure iron players like more which I think would be crucial. The only thing I worry about from him is off the tee. Yeah. I don't know about more just cause he, he doesn't hit it that far and he does spray it a little bit. Yeah. And that this is not the U S open is not the tournament for that. Um, but anything else on the, on the U S open before, uh, before we transition over here to the NBA finals, let's see, are there any other guys that we want worth mentioning? I think some of the live guys are playing, which is good. I think one guy that we haven't mentioned U S open, uh, you know, perennial favorite, uh, Brooks Kepka walks out of bed. And I saw a stat yesterday that was like, he's being, 99% of players the past like four years on average score in this tournament. Yeah. So always a danger uh, this time of year. All, of, of all the like non, you know, top, it looks like he's around 20th in the odds. I would yeah. say I like that more than a lot of these other guys uh, that are around him. And I was, uh, I was saying uh, Taylor Gooch is my dark horse too, because, you know, the Boston fans are going to love, are going to love the Gooch chance. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that, is not going to help him though. I don't think that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, Hovland, Victor Hovland, sneaky guy sitting there, twenty-five to one. Who uh, 
has been playing some good. Him, him and uh, Joaquin Neiman have been playing some, some good golf. Lately. Yeah, so. Neiman's been playing great. Yeah. All right. Well, big, big weekend in Boston. You got the Open, you got the NBA Finals. Let's break down the finals a little bit, Jerry. It's 3 2. My team's beating your team. Uh, we <laughs> both predicted uh, Boston in six. Yeah. Uh, and so, what really, like, the, the game that changed uh this series for me was game four uh because i thought the warriors would split game one and two with the celtics i thought and then i thought that the celtics would probably win three and four and then be coming back to chase down three one warriors would win five celtics would win six but game four steph curry just decided to take over put up what like 43 points 43 yeah um so i I'm wondering, as a Celtics fan, like, do you guys still have a shot? Yes, and here's why. We had control of game four until we let it slip through our fingers. We should not have lost that game. We did. Steph's great. All of that couldn't be stopped. Obviously, you know, Kerr were playing the result on the dream on taking him out, made the right decision, although it was the right decision at that time. Um, game five, we didn't show up. And uh, you saw like when we did decide to actually play like a team, stop bitching to the ref, stop turning the ball over. We pieced together those eight minutes in the third quarter where we looked at the team and even took the lead. And so I'm not arguing that we should have won game five by any means. It's amazing we even had the lead at any point in that game, considering how we played. I just think we get in our own heads so much. And if we got out of our own way, then yes, we can hold home court in game six. And then once you get to game seven, it's anybody's ball game, right? Like anything can happen in game seven. So that's huge. Now, that being said, I think Steph's a killer. Going to show up to the garden and look to silence all those Boston massholes. And he's going to put up an all-time performance, whether we can withstand that and keep answering. And so far, we haven't answered as much as I would like to. Yes, like Tatum is putting up 29, 31, whatever, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not efficient. It doesn't look like him. He's not executing well. And the team turnovers are absolute killers. Like we could play defense, but it's like, if you have 17 plus turnovers in a game, you shouldn't win that game. And we aren't winning those games. And that's our number one problem. And if we focus on our team, instead of what the dubs are doing, like we have a better roster. Yes. I agree. Steph is the best player on that core. And usually in the NBA, that's how it works. But with our defense and the well-rounded roster the Celtics have, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Like, it's just that simple. Yeah, I, I kind of agree that, but I also think that you're underestimating the Warriors' defense. Like, when the Warriors were healthy this year, we had the number one defense. Uh, and Draymond got hurt. That obviously skewed the numbers. But when, you, when you're playing, you know, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, and GP2, and those are guys that are all getting a bunch of minutes. It's, it becomes really hard. Like Wiggins is is doing a great job on Tatum. I mean, Tatum is nineteen of Wiggins has been playing out of his mind. I mean, we I said to you at the beginning of the season, I don't think Wiggins is going to elevate you guys. Not the missing piece. Like he's going to be a plug and play wing. I mean, he's he's exceeded all of my expectations as far as what I thought he would be on the Dubs. I thought he'd be a great fit because what they needed, and obviously like Stephen Clay having the ball being more ball dominant would allow him to play more freely. And, you know, in that offense, he's exceeded anything I could have expected or hoped for for him. Yeah. I mean, and I, 
I always thought Wiggins, if he's really locked in on D, could do a really good job against Tatum. Um, I thought Tatum would have more success in some of these switches that he's, you know, the Celtics will, will get Tatum switched on Curry a bunch, switched on. Well, it took know, him, yeah, dude, it took him to like midway through game three to figure out, oh, I have Curry on me. Like, let me go at him. He, like, he would pass out of a Curry matchup and it's like, what are you doing? Like, you, yeah, but even, even with, even with Curry on him, like, He's still not I, – I I thought he'd be, like, cooking us at the rim, kind of. Like, he's, like, pretty much – other than Looney, he's the tallest player yeah. that – He's not getting in the rim, and it's a credit both to the Warriors' defense and also, I guess, a detriment that he's doesn't have the mentality to keep going and attacking at the rim and, like, keeps passing out of it. And, you know, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, after game one, I thought, like – I was like, Jesus, like if we help off, if we help to Tatum, he's just going to pass it to Horford and White and they're going to be making threes. And I feel like we adjusted our strategy to not really help on Tatum that much, not help on Brown as much and cover those guys on the three and just Tatum and Brown just have uh, like, they've both had moments, but consistently they just haven't been uh, as good as like they need to be to pull out some of these games. Um, Another thing yeah, is, but, too, that, like, our role players, yes, I know it gets harder in the playoffs as you go along, and the role players, you know, can only do so much as you get further, and it's more on the stars, and we're in the finals now, but, like, even in the Eastern Conference Finals, you get a Derek White game, or you get a Grant Williams game, or, like, whatever, you name, like, a Payne Pritchard, like, double-digit scoring off the bench. We haven't seen that, really, in this series yet since, from our Since side. game one. Yeah. 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 So, those guys could certainly get hot, but I feel like, Game one, they got a ton of open looks. And and since then, they've had a few open looks. But when you're contesting the majority of shots against those guys, it's hard it's hard for them to get in a rhythm. And, like, yeah, then, you know, like, if you contest three of the threes that they shoot and then they get one wide open one, they're, they're not going to be as confident. Whereas if they're getting open three after open three, like game one, they're going to be making more. So I think that was a nice adjustment um, by the Warriors. I also think that. Robert Williams, like when he's on the court, it's just a completely different team, kind of. A healthy Robert Williams. But even even with how he's playing now, like yeah, his better. rim protection, when he's yeah. not in, it's just kind of a open it's an open rim and Curry and Wiggins and Poole and even Clay a little bit and Looney, like those guys are finishing inside. Yeah. Um because Horford's just I mean, he's a good player, but he's not an elite rim protector uh, like Robert Williams is. So that injury's definitely been relatively big because, um, like, even Game Five, I think he was plus he was plus eleven, and the Celtics basically were down by what like sixteen when they pulled all the starters. So yeah, so so that's a twenty five point difference in the you know like fifteen minutes Robert Williams was yeah. in. Yeah, crucial, absolutely crucial. Uh-uh. I wanted to talk about uh, talk about Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown started off the series great, and I think we were texting like like he's been so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Where'd he go? But yeah, like I think they they've been really defending him a little bit harder. Like Draymond's been taking turns on him. They've played GP two more. He's guarding him a lot. Um, so I think that that's also been a key in the series was was starting to contain Brown because. Um, Wiggins has Tatum, 
And that's, you know, I feel pretty good about that as a Warrior fan. And and with GP2 and Draymond on Brown, I feel pretty good about that. Clay starting to play a little bit better on defense, but still not super confident with him on Brown. Yeah. But. Yeah, Brown's a half step quicker than at Clay's current state now. And that's no detriment. That's no no dismissal of Clay. Jalen Brown honestly plays a lot like Clay used to play. Like he's a little bit more athletic and a little bit uh like probably a worse shooter. But Definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like some of their some of their like their style. Their, yeah, I see what yeah. you're seeing where they where they start out the perimeter and then can either hit a or pull up from three or look to and they both like slash. can't dribble that well. They're, Dude, they yeah. both can't finish around the rim. Jalen takes the, the the edge on not ball ball control, but yeah. I mean, uh, you know, our backs are against the wall. We've been here before against the Bucks, so it's not over. I'll tell you that much right now. Everyone's like, "All right, you put the season to bed." And I said, "No." So yeah, it's definitely not over. I think if you guys, what's what's really been surprising to me is that you guys have not, you guys have been losing the turnover battle for the most part. Um, in like in Game Five, it wasn't even close. I think it was like eighteen to eight or something. And I thought that you guys would be forcing a ton of turnovers because you know the Warriors. We get a little sloppy with the ball, and when yeah. when you when teams are like Memphis, you're having troubles against Memphis. And to me, I was like, you know, if we're having troubles against Memphis, keeping the ball, not turning it over. I mean, at times, Celtics, too, like to that point, like what you're saying about the Celtics defense not putting that much pressure, but it feels like at times we are not engaged and are not like putting out best effort in the finals against it. Like we're not locked in. It's like, you know, we're just letting the Warriors get to the rim like time after time. And then you don't even, when, when you let them get to the rim too, it's like, you don't have to worry about forcing a turnover or, or for in the Warriors, they don't have to worry about any turnovers because they're just getting to the rim. Like they're not moving. They don't have to move the ball. Like the rim's wide open. For yeah. Them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think could change in game six. Like it would not shock me if the Warriors come out and are sloppy with the ball and, in the garden, if the Celtics get an, an early lead and they're they're flowing off, you know, in transition, getting fast yeah, breaks, I think getting layups off turnovers. Yeah, to that point too, I think I think either team could pull ahead by double digits once again in the first half of Game Six. However, I think it's close once you get to the middle of quarter three, and then then it's going to be a fun yeah. Game Six. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a pull away for either team in, in Game Six. What I was telling my friend is, uh, I was like, we were watching Game Four together, and you guys, you guys were like for the most part, winning by a little bit throughout the game. But I was like, the whole time I was like, let's just, with eight minutes left, like, as long as you're within 10 with eight minutes left, you you have a shot. Dude, um, yeah, yeah. And, and if you're and, the Miami Heat, if you're within 10 with two minutes left, you have a shot. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. and that's just the NBA these days, because, yeah. and especially with the Celtics team, because, because, like, when they get stops and get out in fast break, they're so hard to defend, or to, to stop, basically. But when they have to play in half court and you're making shots. Like they're such a swing team. Like they look so good. And then they'll look very average at times. Um, and that kind of goes back to like what my worry with was with them before this, before the playoffs started. And which is why I was underrating them is because I was just worried about like their guards, like are Marcus smart and Derek white, really the guards that are going to be initiating quality offense in big time games and for the most for like for the most part it's been totally fine like smart's been better than i thought Derek white 
has been better than I thought until the last few games of this series. Like Tatum and Brown, both better than I thought initiating. Horford still a great player. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like that that has not bite uh, come back to bite them until kind of the end of game four and then part, you know the fourth quarter of game five. Um. So what do you think about what do you think about uh the Warriors? I feel like we've been talking about the Celtics a lot, but um. I so guess- the Warriors are. Uh, my overarching thought is they're still a great team. They're not the team they were prior to the clay injury. They're built from, from the outside similarly, but the way they play is so different. Like they're more looking to attack and get to the rim rather than sitting and waiting for one threes. Like, yes, Steph still is like the engine of the offense, but I think he's, more important now with Draymond not being able to score as much. Yes, he's still great on defense, like facilitates, boards, all that. But Clay not being as confident, and it's great they still get him the open threes and like he can hit it now and then. Um, but this team goes as Steph goes, which it didn't always have to. Yes, you did win game five with Steph's not great performance and we didn't capitalize, but I think they like without Steph it isn't the Golden State Warriors. And I think that should be a huge worry going forward as he gets a little bit older. I think he still will always be a great shooter, but I think his health going forward is a little concerning. And maybe that's not the point yeah. of this series. I mean, like, this... He's a great player. I don't think he needs this finals win to like prove where he should be in the all-time lore of, of point guards or basketball players in general for that matter. Yeah. I mean, I think this this team is way more steph centric than others just because and especially with the way that you guys were defending him the first four games yeah um game five you it was kind of back to this crazy just double triple teaming him at like you know i mean credit to them yeah credit to them so i think i think that was a good adjustment i think that you do the same thing in game six you say wigs you know clay my question to you would be how do you think Wiseman affects this team coming back next year? Uh, I don't think Wiseman's going to play very much, to be completely honest. Like, I think they're going to give Wiseman courtesy minutes in the regular season, but but Wiseman is one of the has probably the least IQ of any basketball player I've ever seen on a basketball court in the NBA. Yeah, so I'd probably be better. I think I think catching lobs in some shot blocking he'll be all right with, but I think he's more of a project. I do think next year though that that Iggy Iggy's going to leave. I think uh, Porter might leave and get paid maybe yeah. if he, uh, and I think that filling in for those guys is going to be Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, who I'm way higher on both of those guys and Wiseman. So I think, especially, I think Moses Moody's going to be, I think Moses Moody's almost like, not, I don't know if he'll ever be quite as good as Jalen Brown is just because of the athleticism, but I think he's that type of player, you know, like, a big physical two who can, who's a good shooter can defend multiple positions. Um, and I think Kaminga is kind of like, will be almost like a Pascal Siakam type. Um, but I think that, so I think both of those guys are huge. Um, and obviously pool, uh, who's had his moments in this series. I think he is, it, we'll see. Cause he's only like 22 and he's coming up huge. Dude, in when some he of hit games. that three at the, 
end of the third quarter, I was like, all right, we're not winning this game. Like yeah. that goes in. I was like, I like, what's the point yeah. of playing the fourth right now? Like, no, that was a big shot. Cause you guys had come back. Dude, that was huge. Like might yeah. Win. yeah. And then we kind of went on a run with him and he made that. He's got a little step in him. I, he's got to improve on the defensive end, but I think as a guard at age 22 doing this in the finals and, in other rounds, he's been even better. Like, if you guys I, can replace Steph, Clay, Draymond with Kaminga, Poole, and whoever, yeah, um, I mean, replacing Steph is. But I, I'm well, there, okay. Like, let me rephrase. There is no replacing Steph, but if Poole can step into that Steph-like role and be like, let's call it seventy-five percent of the player Steph is, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think though that like I'm more excited about those guys for the next like four years because like Steph like. Sure, maybe he'll have a crazy injury and just like kind of his career will be around. But like, I I even think in like two years, Steph will still be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and and then if you can surround him with like, you know, Steph, Poole, Moody, Kaminga, and then Draymond and Clay as like the savvy vets, that that looks pretty good. And then Wiggins too. Wiggins has been like. I don't know. You probably, you know, didn't follow the Warriors that as closely during the regular season. Wiggins from about from the All Star game until basically before the last month of the year was so bad. He was like shooting like thirty percent from the free throw line. He wasn't making any threes. He was taking way too many mid range jumpers. He wasn't playing hard on D. He wasn't rebounding. And I was like, all right, well, we can't count on him in the playoffs. Like we're gonna have to find someone else to play those minutes. And he has really stepped up big time. Like, like his career high in rebounding was like yeah, it was the it was it was two nights ago, yeah, or was that game four? He had sixteen, I think, in game five. Yeah, it was yeah yeah, it was two nights ago. But yeah, no, he's been a lot better, unfortunately, for us. One last thing that I wanted to throw at you was we had talked two years ago, and. Uh, we thought after the bubble that the Celtics window of opportunity was closed. Like KD was coming back. The Bucks were going to be improved. And it looked like that last season with the Bucks taking the title. This Celtics team came out of nowhere. I know they were 500 and they've been the best teams in January and that whole thing. But we had closed the door on this core, this window two years prior. And the fact they're in the finals, I was thinking about it during game five when we were going to ask hand to us. It was that what I was like, this is a disappointing season. You know, because if we're, if we're not going to win it, like to be overachieve, is it where we're supposed to be? And I think we've gone so far away from like just to the bubble team that it's like we agreed that like we missed our opportunity, our three year window, and we would have to rebuild. And the fact that we're there is awesome. So like I'm yeah happy I mean, with the Celtics team. You know, let's say we lose like in home, and you know we don't show up in the finals. Okay, I'm happy with the Celtics team. Yeah, I mean this series is definitely not over so i'm not gonna say that that you know that whatever but i think that i think that tatum has taken another leap that i thought might not happen um but he's still young i think he's still going to keep getting better i think brown is also going to keep getting better Um, i don't know what brown's evolution is as much as tatum's i think tatum can be the guy that just completely takes over and dominates a game at his highest form, which he might not have hit yet. I don't know where Jalen goes from here because he relies a lot on his athleticism and explosiveness to get to the rim and get in the air. So I don't think that it plays well over the years to your body. So I think 
his peak might look a little bit different. I, yeah, I, I think, though, that he's going to get his handle to be much tighter. I think he's going to be able to – I think he's going to work on some, like, kind of, like, off-ball movement stuff a little bit more to create more – because he's a good shooter. Dude, he um, is, and he's dedicated. I'm not, I would never question Jalen's work ethic about putting in the time to get better. I think – I definitely think that this – that Tatum and Brown, assuming they stay in Boston, are going to – get a title there at some point. It's just about finding the right pieces around them. And I think, I think Derek white was a good ad, like great mid season ad for what they needed. Yeah. But I think like that's, I think they need, they need like, I think they need some guy to plug in there. Who's like a little bit better than him. You know, like you say think, they got like a Brad Beal or someone like that. I was thinking that, that just, the missing piece, the third piece of the, the, you know, you need the big three nowadays was Rob Williams because we just talked about how they're a different team with him healthy. And I think if you get like a competent guard at point and you plug him in like a little bit better of a Derek White and you keep Rob Williams, I think you're right there. Yeah. I mean, they're right there now and they could easily win the title like this year. They they easily could, you know, like, but I think that if you, if you go Rob Williams, Tatum and Brown and then Smart and then you get uh, – a guard who can create offense, that would be a very, very hard team to beat. Uh, especially if that guard can also play a little bit of defense, not like, you know, Kemba Walker, not not like a guy like that, but more like, you know, like even someone like, you're not going to get him, but like a Chris Middleton or that. Like just some, some other... Brunson. Yes, yeah, some guard who can like take a little bit of the load off Tatum and Brown and get those guys off ball a little bit. Yeah. Get smart, you know, not... Smart is smart when he shoots. Like I'm happy with that, unless it's wide open. <laughs> yeah, like like us with Draymond. Yeah, um, but I did want to say one more thing. We were talking about the Warriors and like getting back here, or whatever. I feel like um, what I really, what I, because I didn't expect the Warriors to get this far uh, when the season started or like last year. But what's really surprised me is not like I thought we would find a way to get some pieces around Steph Clay and Draymond but Steph and Draymond and I want to talk about him after and then maybe wrap this up but I feel like Steph and Draymond are still elite players like especially Steph is a top five player in the NBA still I did not expect that at age 34 like so I feel like that is a huge thing and then Draymond, for as much shit everyone wants to give him for, like, not shooting layups or whatever, like, defensively, he can still yeah, guard def- one Yeah, he's five. still right there. As well. That's good as he's always been. Yeah. Still yeah. amazing in transition. You know, he just grabs that rebound and goes and just finds open guys for three. Well, the Dubs' strength over the years has always been transition. If you get in transition, you're dead. Like, you know. If you, if yeah, you exactly. Run, Draymond's the guy who he gets the ball and he just goes, you know, like, and he's pretty good at navigating in those fast breaks, like throwing dimes, like hitting guys out for threes. So like, to me, like I thought Draymond might be even worse than he is like offensively now and defensively. He's still amazing. Like having a guy who can go from guarding Robert Williams to guarding Marcus smart to guarding Cadman Brown is incredibly valuable. Like that's and this Looney can do that as well. So I, I think it's, to me, it's pretty surprising that those guys are still doing this at, at their ages, especially against like this young athletic Boston team. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, it was good pun with you today. I will see you for a game seven Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna I, take care of business. I am, not, I am not writing that off at all. I think this easily could go seven. I am still very nervous. I do not think that series is over by <laughs> any means. So job's not done for us. You guys got I'm almost a bit happier at going this way because if we had t- you know sealed the deal in game four, we wouldn't have been in the position to be up three one. So with this Celtics team, you know, I could see us blowing that 3-1, so. Yeah, it'll <laughs> be very interesting. It. It'll be, game six will be, it'll, it's going to be, I think if the, I think if the Celtics start off well, it'll be a good, I think if the Warriors get hot from at the start, I think it, it might be a wrap, so I'll be really closely monitoring that first few minutes of the game, but Jerry's good talking to you today, and, uh, We'll be in contact. Hopefully, we'll get a little finals, uh, you know, post finals pod going at some point. Yes, sir. So. You know, you'll know we'll get a post finals one before I make the pivot to Pat's training camp. <laughs> two yeah, months, and, two months till some preseason. And NBA, free, NBA free agency. Yes, sir. So, it's gonna be a good summer. No slowing down now. But uh, all right, Two TV Sports is signing off the mic.